With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The only thing necessary for evil to prevail is that good men and women do nothing. I am simply a mouthpiece for good people from around the world who want to make a difference. Engagement and the involvement of ordinary people is what is going to change our criminal justice system. Many have tried and failed. The only difference between them and me is I'm bringing an army with me. This is Truth and Justice. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Truth and Justice. I'm your host, Bob Ruff, and this is the finale episode of Season 3. Every one of these cases that we tackle involve two different prongs. There's the legal side of the case, and then there's the emotional side, the real-life side of the case. You see, the work that we do here at Truth and Justice, long before anyone's ever freed from prison, is changing lives on a daily basis. When all of you unite along with me and Mike, To give someone a voice who's been rotting away in prison for decades, we're breathing hope into their lives for the first time, oftentimes, in many, many years. And by simply giving them a voice and speaking the truth across the airwaves worldwide, there's a ripple effect that in this case began with Jesse Eldridge and has worked his way out through his family and friends and everyone that has known Jesse for his entire life. Since we've started the podcast, Jesse has reconnected with one of his daughters, who for the first time in over 20 years, finally called Jesse, Dad. Other family members have reached out and told him that they believe in his innocence. The support that Jesse's received because of the work that all of you are doing has been overwhelming to him. And that ripple effect around Jesse lands first on the person who is the most important to him in the whole world. That is his wife, Patricia Eldridge. Last week's episode, the interview with Allison Clayton, was originally slated to be the season finale of season three. But as the end of this season approached, two people asked me to give them a platform to address all of you directly. One of them was Jesse himself, and the other, who we're about to hear from... Is Jesse's wife, Patricia. Did you talk to Jesse at all this weekend? I did. I saw him Sunday, and we, we did nothing but talk about this about the case ending, or the podcast ending, and, you know, what both of us were going to say. <laughs> that's a, that's, I think that's all we've ever talked about uh, these last few months was this case and the podcast and the listeners and just everything, just the experience of, of it all. Yeah, it's it, that's kind of a, a lot of our last few, especially the last couple of weeks when I've talked to him. He's been very, very emotional and just just extremely grateful for all the people that were helping and everything. It's 
I've noticed a, a, a significant change in his kind of general outlook. I don't know if you've noticed the same thing. Yeah, I have. I have. We went, you know, from him dying in prison, and I know he mentioned that to you and the listeners. Mm-hmm. Um, he just didn't want to grow old in prison to now it's like, I've, I'm actually going to get out. I'm going to be with you. I'm going to, we're going to have a family and, you know, we're going to do all these things. And the, the things that we talked about before, you know, went from that to this. And, and it's absolutely amazing to hear him have all this hope, which he's always had. But, you know, you know, from talking to him at the beginning, it's like, oh, OK, it's another, you know, how far is this going to go? You know, where is it going to take us? Right. And what are we going to where are we going to discover on um, what's going to come out of all the research that you did? And a lot of it's been shocking. A lot of it's been just crazy. And him I talking about that, you know, from Shauna coming forward to uh, Tammy, you know, her alibi, you know, things like that. You know, we, when him and I were looking through this case and him just, you know, going through the trial transcripts for the last 20 something years, you know, and me looking at it and and me trying to get people to listen to me, you know, I went from an army of one to an army of many when, when this podcast uh, launched and that's been, that's been amazing and incredible. So, you know, we barely scratched the surface, you know, you and Mike have done countless hours of research phone calls, you know, interviews. And that's been amazing. And just, you know, getting on the phone with Jesse is like, you know, did you realize who he talked to today? And do you realize what he, what happened? It's just been incredible and, and just uplifting, you know, to, just to go through this process and, you know, talking with Nicole and the years that she lost with him and, you know, able to recapture those things that she lost and have her dad back and for me to have my husband. You know, the listeners were just amazing, you know, inviting me to the meetup at the crime scene and then just everybody, everybody wanting to know the story and, and listening to what happened between me and Jesse from when we were children to, well, when we were teenagers to now and just find it just incredible that him and I have just stayed in contact all these years and then presenting this case to the Instant Project and, you know, begging them to take it through, you know, the intake office which isn't, isn't easy. So, you know, how it's evolved, it's, it's just been incredible, Bob. Absolutely incredible. And I appreciate this. I appreciate the opportunity to, to address the listeners. And it's just been amazing how many people have just gotten involved. You know, that fan page exploded when Jesse's case launched. And it, mm-hmm. that's been incredible that, to see all these people's opinions and things have gone back and forth and things have been discovered. And, I'm like, well, how do they how do they do this? How do they have time to go and, and research all these things? And you know, they just took the time. I mean, I think that's what really blew blew my mind, mine and Jesse's and Nicole's, is that people took the time to really to really get engaged and to really get involved with this case and to find out, you know, what really happened if they could, and you know, and they really cared, you know. And like I said, from being an army of one you know, trying to get people to listen, you, you don't have much of a voice, but you have a voice when you have people behind you and you have this podcast that's amazing and just listening to you, Bob, and just explain the case and explain your passion and conviction, for wrongful conviction people. I mean, you just, it's amazing that you put so much, so much passion in what you do. And that's what makes this podcast, you know, such a great thing. And, you know, you launched two others and I mean, it's just, it's amazing. And Jesse and I are just forever grateful for that. You know, when Allison mentioned the podcast, 
I didn't have idea. I didn't have, I had no clue, no idea about what, what it was going to entail, you know, what type of involvement we were going to have. And just listening, I'm like, well, I'll just sit in the background and listen. And, and you know, you and I've had conversations about some of the episodes and, you know, just like, oh, okay, I'll just, I'll just sit back and keep listening. And it just involved and, and, you know, just got so much attention, I guess is what I'm trying to say. So much attention from the listeners and they've just been wonderful. They've reached out to me and Nicole. They, you know, sent Jesse letters. And when we did the crime scene meetup, that was amazing because Paul Day did, did all this legwork and did all this analysis. And that was wonderful to, to just see, to see if, you know, if there was something that we missed, something that the police people missed, you know, anything. And just to see the work that they were doing was just amazing. Well, and what's really been incredible is, like you said, the the engagement in Jesse's case has been something that I've never seen before, you know, and I, I think part of it is we're we're getting a little better and learning along the way and how to um, interact with a, an army of listeners that, that want to help. Um, but it's just like you said, the fan page went from a couple hundred people to several thousand people throughout this case. And there's like you had said, if there's anything we've missed, and that's what's been so incredible about this is having so many people looking so deeply into the case. If it's something the police missed or the prosecutor missed or the defense attorneys missed or or Jesse didn't know about or something that I've missed, everyone is paying such close attention that someone's going to catch it. And I think we have a much clearer picture of what happened uh, because of all that. And, and so, you know, I'm, I'm, of course, forever grateful to the listeners. And I know that Jesse is and and you are, too. And and I don't want to keep you too long, Patricia, because we've got a nice long interview with Jesse where, where he is going to speak to everyone. So I, I guess uh, before we let you go, I want to I know you kind of already have for the last several minutes, but uh, there's anything else that you'd like to say just directly to the audience before we get into into Jesse's phone call. This is your opportunity. So the mic is yours. Okay. From the bottom of my heart, thank you so, so much. The listeners, you, Bob, Mike, everybody, even the sponsors, thank you so much for this opportunity to say thank you. You will never know what I feel when you have a loved one that you're trying to work for and to and to bring home. And you have allowed this amazing man to come back home, to reconnect with his daughter to have a happy ending with me after all these years. Thank you. Thank you so much to Ashley who looked in all of the documents I sent to Allison, to Rudy, Mercedes. Thank you to especially to Kim and to Sharon, Jill, Paul, Kathy, Katina, Renee, Fran. Thank you guys so much. And I'm sorry I'm getting emotional, but thank you. Thank you. I can't, I can't express it enough how much this means to me. So, again, thank you. (laughs) Although we haven't had Patricia directly on the podcast throughout the last seven months, she and I have been in constant communication. She visits Jesse every week and has played a huge role in keeping his spirits up. And on a personal note, Patricia and I have formed a bond of friendship that I'm certain will last the rest of both of our lives. And the glue that holds that friendship together is a man that I have grown to love like a brother over the last seven months. I've listened to him evolve from the hardened skeptic to a man daring to hope and on to the man that you're about to hear from next, 
a man that has been so touched by the willingness of complete strangers to help him and expect nothing in return that he is on many occasions completely overcome with emotion. The man that I now know is my friend, Jesse Eldridge. Bob, I uh, start when I first got your letter and people, I had to have people explain to me. I had to have you explain to me about a podcast. I had to have my wife and everybody explain to me and everything. And because I haven't touched a computer in 20, 20 something years. So I don't know what's going on with them, but every view you get in here, when I'm imagining people are sitting around listening to a computer, watching things on a computer and talking and everything, it gives, gives you an idea that maybe, uh, maybe people just want to see something, something a little more warped or a little different. And, it, and it's just a curiosity thing. And that's one of the last things I really ever wanted, wanted to be. I'm a hard head and I'm kind of hard about getting along and I, I can't have nobody and I won't have nobody feel sorry for me or pity me or oh poor guy, whatever, you know, because that's, that's not, that's not how it is. This case was different. And when I first spoke to you, you know, all I wanted was the truth out. And I know I'm the last person that everybody thinks is going to tell the truth. Look, he's a convict. He's a three-time, well, really, you know, counting this is three-time loser, you know. And I know my reputation and just pulling up my file, it comes up real bad. But I'm glad everybody listened. And listening to some of the people, uh, their nicknames and, I mean, that one guy driving around in a truck and talking to you that one time, he, it, it just kind of amazed me that uh, somebody would be in their truck and it would a question would flash across their mind. Because all, all the people listening to you and listening to this, I've wanted them questions answered for, for the past 20 years, 25 years almost. I wanted every one of those questions. And they were asking all the, all the right ones. As sick as I am about them keys, I've had the same thoughts and the same, but, you know, I'm the last one that would ever get the answer. All your people, I mean, people from the UK and from Australia and from every place, it amazes me that people still care. It, it really, really amazes me. And I know it offends people that the system is screwed up the way it is, but I hope, I, I just hope by them looking at this right now, that everybody listening to all this, that they realize it's not just me. They they do worse to other people. They do lots worse. But I appreciate everything they've done. There's, appreciate's a real cheap word. Any word's real cheap. How do you tell, tell everybody, thank you for giving my life back? I mean, I got my life back. My, in over over 10 years, my, my daughter called me dad again. I mean, come on, man. It, it's crazy. And I can't thank nobody. I don't know. You know, I talked to my wife. I talked to my daughter. I said, I don't know what I can do for Bob because I know I'll be walking out finally. I don't know what the hell can I do for him. I can't give him money because uh, he's going to look at that like, gee, dude, that's all you can do. And I don't think he'd want, want me to show up every Saturday morning to mow his lawn. You know, maybe I can put something together where uh, I get my ass on a computer and start looking and helping other people because there's, there's a whole lot of people that need help, and it's not just convicts, you know. You got half the state of Texas down here dying. 
and everybody took the time out to help me. Man. I, I don't need you to, to mow my grass or do any of those things. You know, I, I do what I do because it's, uh, you know, I, f- I feel led to do it and it's important to me. But you said something in your letter and you said that, uh, you know, that, that you've finally gotten your life back. And if you get out of there, uh, that you're going to make it count this time. And I don't remember exactly how you worded that. But, but to me, that's, that's what makes all the difference in the world, that you, you get your life back. And then like all the things you're just talking about now, you know, helping other people so that you're doing something with it. And and that's not just me, but that's, you know, as I've told you lots of times, and you know, I'm the, I'm the mouthpiece for all these people, but, but there's so many people, hundreds of thousands of people that, that are contributing to this. And that's, everyone just wants to see you have a life again. You know, a couple months ago when, uh, when all of this started getting bad, I mean, when I say bad, it, it went from me just thinking I had a failure for an attorney to they lied, you know, my blood brother lied to me, lied on me. But when I started finding everything else out, you know, I haven't stepped foot inside a church since I've been in prison other than to be told of my mother's death and my aunt's death, but I've not stepped foot inside a church. And uh I don't know if everybody believes in a higher power or somebody but you, you and your people have kind of showed me that, uh, there's a whole lot more going on than, uh, than my little mind can, uh, comprehend too. It, uh, <laughs> Patricia's been asking me and trying to get me to go and I'm finally going to go, you know, cause I really thought I was a real tough guy, but I'm really not. Past few months, uh, all the people on your show, Kathy, all these Desiree, all of them, they, uh, they show me I still got some feelings and it really, really matters. And uh, finding out I'm not so lost after all, but it's your show. It's everything that's gone on, everything you said. And yeah, granted people, I mean, I know, I know by reputation, you can only think the worst of me, but I also know they, you know, None of them held that against me because nobody threw that back up. Well, you know, he's just going to blow up again or something. I can't say I was just blowing up. I can say I was just going too fast for going nowhere in reverse. And the mistakes I made, I realized if I, I, when I walk out of here this time, man, I'd, I'd be failing a whole lot more than just myself. And maybe that's the kind of pressure I need. I need that real, real bad. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I uh, 
got a postcard from some woman in North Carolina or South Carolina, I forget which. You know, she just basically said, keep your head up and keep the faith. You know, I pretty much gave up on all that many, many years ago. But I never, uh, I try not to let my personal feelings or anything. And Patricia and I have had, we've had some heated discussions about my actions and everything. And I know people don't like to hear it, but, you know, my suicide solution is a lot better when you, when you think about never walking out of here. But it sure is a failure when you think about, uh, I mean, how do you say thank you for, for everything, for my, for my kids, for my brothers and sisters? I mean, I got parts of my family, they don't want to talk to me, not because of who I am, but because, just because of the doubt of what I've done. And now that, that part's erased, I mean, I got niece Jackie up in, uh, the Upper Peninsula, and, uh, she's been following the podcast, your podcast, and I guess everything else to do with it. And, uh, I've never met her. It's kind of like she knows more about me than uh, than I really care for her to know. But she also knows all the people that have been involved in this and that are still involved. And uh, it makes me feel good that that, that little girl is uh, not seeing just some, some bully on the Internet or something. It, there's all kinds of stuff that goes and going through my mind. And it's not, it's not changing. It's getting better. I don't know how you realize that so many people I've never met can actually have such a positive influence. How can how how can I thank anybody? I mean, saying I appreciate or you know, I mean, I can't I can't give everybody a watch. I mean, uh, but I sure do. I sure do want to tell them thank you for my life, and for my kids, and my wife. Wow, man. And yeah. Parts of my family are a little upset because the dirty laundry got aired in public, but come to find out, not all of it was about them. It's like a crazy new world, and I get a chance to be in it again. And you've done that for me, you and Allison, everybody. I don't know if y'all can understand how good that makes somebody feel. Y'all have no no idea how many nights I lay awake just wondering is there anything I can do to let you know? I mean, come on. What can I do? I can, I can speak for just me personally, and I've told you this before, that to me, I, I, and I think the reason so many people are helping with your case and, and the other cases that we've worked is because you know there's a whole lot of bad in the world, and there are a lot of good people out there that just want to be a part of doing something good, and I'm one of those people. And for me, the conversation, when, when you and I get on the phone now, and I think back to when you know, we first spoke months ago, and I can hear the difference in your voice, and I can hear walls that aren't there anymore, and real emotions coming out. And I, I can hear, you know, whenever we answer the phone, when, when we pick up, when you, you sound genuinely excited to talk, you know, compared to when we got on the phone in, in January, and it was, I could almost feel that it was, yeah. All right. Well, here we go. What's I don't. I'm not sure what to think about this. But but just seeing how this has affected your life and, and the changes that have happened in your life, and I know that's that's easy for me to say to you. But I'm and I, and I know I speak for everyone that no one's looking for anything in return other than just to see you be able to live. And I did want to touch on because you you mentioned something to me last week when we talked 
we, we know that you, your relationship with Patricia and your daughter, Nicole, but uh, the daughter you mentioned a few minutes ago, that that's a different daughter that you've made contact with, right? Since the podcast started. Yeah, that's Misty Ann. She was, she was born in 1983 when I went to prison the first time. Patricia had been in contact with her, her older sister, Linda Dawn, but I left them, I left Susan and everything. She's had contact with me, but I know all she's ever had is the family stories and then when the internet come up and when all this come about, I wrote her personal letter and let her know, you know, anything that was being said or done is not an attack on nothing to do with anybody else but me. And Bob, she's been following that, listening to people and everything. And uh, like I told you, she's never, she hasn't called me dad forever. Last time she called me dad was in 1985, and uh, and it, uh, you know, I love all my kids. No matter if they want contact with me or not, it don't stop. But it makes a hell of a difference when they acknowledge you. I mean, you got kids. Imagine going 10 years without your son saying dad. Refer to you by your first name all the time. That's that's something else, and it's because of you, because of y'all. Uh, <laughs> uh, fast fingers, Jennifer. Because <laughs> all all of them. Because everybody out there that brought all this out. Okay, yeah, parts of it makes me look bad. I apologize for what I've done, but I can't make up for something. I, I've never done. I can't do that. And I don't know how. And to be almost 55 years old and not know how to do something and not know how to thank people is, it ain't something I'm used to. Because Bob, for the past 23 years in here, you disrespect somebody, you got a fight coming, or you just tell them, hey, you can't whoop me and you ain't going to touch me. So what do you want to do? Accept it and go on your way. But, uh, you made me, even in here now, I had a boss ask me this morning, hey, are you going to talk to me? I told him, man, it's nothing to do with you. It's nothing to do with you. And I started explaining it to him, and uh, he told another, he told his inmate come up and ask him something. And he looked at that inmate and said, hey, I'm busy talking. You really need to bump it on down. And I realized, man, for this for this guard who's known me for two years to want to talk to me, I mean, uh, everyone out there's affected me, and uh, I haven't been this emotional, and I don't know when. When I got this time, it hurt my feelings, but uh, I wasn't mad. I wasn't nothing. It just turned a switch that told me uh, one way or the other. You're going to die in here. You're going to walk out. Make it how you want it. Do it. And now uh, I got my life back, man. Come on. I got parts of my life I've never, ever seen before. God. And you know one of the funny things, Bob? I guess it's not funny, funny, but I think about everybody. I mean, Tammy's feelings. I hurt her. I hurt Trisha. I hurt my mom. Hurt my brothers and sisters. Listening to your podcast, listening to everybody talk, experiencing all this, 
the DA, I actually, I wish they would really accept my apologies for everything, man. I was not a real nice person for so long. And I see how they're just thinking about it. it hurts me. Thank you, Bob. I don't know if you ever realized or not, but I was not comfortable with calling you Bob for a long time. I wasn't comfortable at all. It wasn't what you done. It was one time what, what you said when you just told me that just, just try to be yourself. Bob, I haven't been myself for over 20 years in here. How has that, because I, I, I can hear a significant difference just in the, in the sound of your voice. How has it, the changes over the last year affected your life in the prison? Bob, the good part is, <laughs> As bad as it is here in prison, like I've told you before, you got, you'll have, if you got a hundred inmates in this room, you'll listen to 30 of them tell you I didn't do it. And knowing 29 of them probably did, so let's not even argue about that. But the people in here, even some of the people that I haven't known, they like to see good happen to each other. We got guys in here that, and we got some ugly people in here, but we got guys in here that, uh, if somebody's mother dies and it happens quite often, that person will go to their cell and, uh, you can't leave them alone because you don't want them to kill themselves. They, they might have more family. You don't want them to do that. They feel. And everything for me for the past year, matter of fact, a couple of times after getting off the phone with you, a couple of people here, the guy in the oldest, other guy, preacher, he was a hell's angel for 20-something years, hardcore, death-defying people. But uh, they caught me one time getting off the phone talking to you, and uh, they took and got me a cup of coffee. And uh, I don't know if they were standing around me to protect me or standing around me because uh, they didn't want me to fall over. But, Bob, I haven't had an ugly, nobody say nothing ugly from work. All these people I live around, none of it. All the people that are reading your podcast and everything, their family following it, all they want is please get out. Please get out. They're not used to seeing somebody not guilty of nothing, and they sure ain't used to seeing so many people helping. When I read the podcast, they say, man, these people ask me questions from all over the world. But yeah, I didn't think... It was that big of a thing. They're not trying to be ugly about it. They just, it's, it amazes them. They want things good to happen to people. They're not in here wishing the end of the world. They just wish they, when you know, they watch the news, you know, one of the things they had a, yesterday we were watching the news or the day before, they were showing a old folks home there in the Houston area. And they had a reporter, they had a picture camera going over, they had these elderly people sitting in their chairs and in their wheelchairs with water up to their chest. And these guys are trying to figure out why that reporter can't set his camera down and start getting them people up out the water. That's the reaction that I've got from all these people is, uh, they want to help me get up out the water. That's the reaction. That's incredible. Going through this with you, it's opened 
opened my eyes up to so much. And, and over the last few years, it's been happening. But just to realize that everyone has such a, an image in their mind of what a convicted felon is and what the inside of a prison is and the types of people and the things that go on. It's touching to me. I need to hear those stories that you tell me about, you know, the, the guys that, you know, see you with tears in your eyes after the phone and, and kind of whisk you off and get you coffee and, and just all of those things and, and people just cheering you along as they're passing around the podcast transcripts and reading them. I, I don't know if you know what an impact that you telling those stories have on us out here. There's bad people in here and, uh, we do bad things. Bad things have been done, but. Contrary to popular belief, a lot of the bad is hooked up in a one-time action that people regret for the rest of their lives. That's why the majority of people cop for their time. They don't want to drag their people through any more than they've already hurt their people. we got a guy sitting here, he's been locked up for 28 years, and he's finally going home in September, and he... Uh, I mean, his brother's been there for him all this time, and his mother's still alive. He's fortunate, but he's so scared. He's so scared. He's he's actually contemplating doing something so he don't have to get out. Not because he likes it in here or he wants to be in here, but he don't want to be a disappointment to his mother or brother no more. A bunch of us can relate to that. We don't want to be a disappointment to nobody. Most of all, we don't want to disappoint ourselves. It's hard. I'm sure you're feeling that everybody's, you know, kind of waiting to see what happens next. But I, I have no doubt that you have you, you, Jesse Heldridge, have the grit to take control of your life and and live the life that you've always wanted to live. One of the things I've gone over and gone over, and it's the same thing. When I ended up coming down to Texas to meet my biological family and everything, I knew then that it really wasn't a very good idea, but I didn't do nothing to change it. I told Patricia after you and I talked last week and everything, I don't have a problem whether we stay in Texas or we move back to Michigan. I just want my family to know I'm, <laughs> I'm definitely through with the drugs and everything. That's a, that's a no-brainer there. I've honestly been thinking about doing something that Patricia has asked me if I would help do or if I could do. And I actually, I actually think I could, uh, think I could be a little help out there. Cause I really think I would like to go back to church and start taking care of things around me. And I sure do want to see my grandkids. And, uh, I want to be a part of life. I don't want to just watch it for now on. I want to hide out from it during the day and run around like some some vampire at night, like I'm crazy. And no, I'm not. I'm not mad at nobody. I've never been mad at nobody, really. Just been kind of disappointed in everything. But I can do without a. I don't even have to talk to nobody about it. I really, like I told you, I got my mind made up. I understand. Maybe the courts might want to apologize or somebody might want to say something. I do want to thank Cynthia Garza for uh, paying attention to you. That And for those of you that don't recognize that name, Cynthia Garza is the one in charge of the Conviction Integrity Unit. I know she had to verify everything you put up there because they don't take nothing by just by somebody's word. But I'm glad she put herself out there 
from the get-go. Everybody keeps talking about Miller. Okay, yeah. Yeah, he failed me. But I think in the past 20 years, I think he's failed himself, too. Anybody, me suing that man or anything would be crazy. I mean, come on, man. It, two, three years ago, I wrote him and asked him for some attorney's name to do my writ of habeas corpus. He sent him to Patricia. He took care of that. I can understand why he don't want to be slurred or nothing. Hell, I don't want to be slurred any more than I have been. But I really ain't got no hard feelings for nobody. I just, Bob, you're giving me all the answers. That's what I wanted from the very beginning. I wanted the truth. Everybody else wanted the truth. I wanted the truth, too. And it's almost like, damn, you know what kind of door you opened? You got to know. It'd be different if it was just one person that done it or maybe two got together. But it's like you take a bad idea and you just keep rolling with it. What the hell? Got the answers. Now I just want... I want to come home. <laughs> well, that's that's been the ultimate goal from the from the beginning. And before we wrap this up, have you heard anything? Because you might know more than me. If I don't think we have any hearing schedule, but from my understanding, we we're, we're all kind of being told we should expect it not to be a real long time before you're going to court for some evidentiary well, hearing on hearings on this. My understanding from Allison and from everything she's been talking to me about is that they're waiting, of course for the results from the testing and everything, which everybody, you know, I know, and but I'm not there, um, and Troy's not there, so all they're waiting for is the results to come back so they can basically finish out my writ of habeas corpus. Then it's up to it's up to the DA and the judge to decide if they want to fight that or not. And Bob, I really got a good feeling and somebody mentioned it might be before the end of the year. And if that's the case, and uh, like I told you before, I want you there. You got to be there. Please be there. I wish I could invite everybody there. I can't invite them all there, but, you know, I got a good feeling. And no, I'm not supposed to talk about anything other than that. I can't. I definitely won't miss that for anything in the world. Number one, I just, things moved so fast in your case that I haven't even got to meet you in person yet. And Yeah, I kind of I kind of want to meet you too. I mean, Bob, knowing about your history, fire department, you know. My daddy, my daddy there in Michigan, he was a volunteer fireman there in Troy, Michigan, when that's all they had was the five volunteer fire departments and everything. And my sister, Tanya, uh, it's going to take a little more work than I know. I know she was upset and hurt by me. I got five brothers and sisters up there in Michigan who I love to death. And, uh, my aunts and uncles, I got a, I guess I, one of them things when you know you, you gotta, gotta do what you gotta do. I just hope they all forgive me for my past. It wasn't nothing intentional against nobody. I think I've paid for it. I really think I have. Definitely have paid for it many times over for something you didn't do. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Jesse, before we, we run out of time here and we end this, there's something I want to do real quickly. I'm going to have to unplug you from here. Um, the guy, Shane Yoder, that writes all the music for our podcast. Yeah. He wrote a song for you. Out of, out of the 23 years I've been locked up, I know I'm very tired. I don't want to die in here anymore. I don't know what to do anymore Except drop my knees down to the floor I don't have a voice now behind this sealed off door. I don't know what to do anymore. Somebody help me fight. Somebody help me this right. They say the truth. Set me free But nobody knows it but me I was in the wrong place The wrong time Mama knows I never heard a fly I can't convince nobody this point in my life, I was in the wrong place, the wrong time. Somebody help me fight. Somebody help make this right. They say the truth will set me free. Nobody knows it but me Somebody help me back Somebody help make this right They say the truth will set me free Nobody knows it but me Locked from the outside I'm in here with the key But nobody knows it but me Somebody needs to really point it out to me if I did do something to deserve this then point that out to me somewhere 
somewhere, somehow. But I've been through my own mind and everything I've ever done in my life, and I can't figure it out. I can't see it. There, Jesse? Yeah. I like that. He had to, he had to pay a lot of attention to all of this. <laughs> Shane's been right there from the beginning. Thank you, Shane. Thank you, Mike. Chris. God damn. Oh, y'all. Bob. I know uh, it started out as kind of, I'm sorry, that's just the way I am or was, or I just, uh, after a few years, it's kind of hard after a while to, to believe in anything. You have one minute left. And I want to thank you, Bob. Uh, is it okay if I call you next week? Absolutely. Thank everybody. Shane, thank you. <laughs> I actually like that. I'm really into good country. Thank you, Bob. Thank you very, very much. All right. Love you, brother. Love you too, man. I really do. God, thank you. Clearly obvious after listening to Jesse's interview, the kindness of strangers has changed Jesse Eldridge's life. But what Jesse doesn't realize is that he has also had an effect on people. My life has certainly been changed for the better for knowing Jesse over the last year. The change in Jesse has affected his family, his wife Patricia, Allison and her team, Mike, and the man that works tirelessly behind the scenes every week, the man whose voice you rarely hear but whose work has been an integral part of this entire season. Every week, he digs deeper into the case and tries to capture the feeling and the emotion of every episode. The man I'm talking about is the man behind the Truth and Justice music. Shane Yoder with PutThemInASong.com creates, composes, and scores the music in every single episode of Truth and Justice. And as time goes on, he's becoming more and more a part of our production. Shane wrote the song that you just heard, Nobody Knows It But Me, while sitting alone in a cabin and reflecting on Jesse's situation and the case and how it's affected so many people's lives. He didn't write it for fame or fortune. Shane wrote that song because that's what was on his heart. And Shane's heart for this cause is why he will forever be an integral part of the Truth and Justice production team. And like Jesse and Patricia... Shane has asked me to give him just a couple of minutes to address all of you. Hey guys, I hope you don't have tears rolling down your cheeks at work like I am, but I just listened to the podcast straight through just like you guys would. haven't even finished it yet. I I just felt like I need to record this now. Um, I'm always amazed every week of what happens throughout the Truth and Justice Army and... You know, I I can tell you I don't have a voice like Bob or Mike or the knowledge of an attorney or even the determination of an armchair detective. I I can do my part, you know, and, and what I do is write songs and music, but I know that it takes all kinds of kinds in a body or an army trying to accomplish one goal. And I just want to thank you all for your love and support for Truth and Justice. Whether you're out in the field investigating or just a diehard listener and you listen every week, just thank you and my hat's off to you. 
So many people, so many of you, have helped contribute to this season of Truth and Justice. And since there's no way that I could name everyone, I'm not going to make an attempt and end up excluding someone. But all of you that have helped all along the way know exactly who you are. And there really have been so many, thousands of you. From the bottom of my heart, thank you so much for making all of this possible. Jesse Eldridge now has a real shot at going home to his wife and children. He has a chance at real life. Remember all the way back to episode one, my very first interview with Jesse. We heard him say, all I want to do is live my life. All I want to do is be able to hold my kids and hug my wife without some guard looking over my shoulder. Because of the engagement and the involvement and the support from every single one of you, Jesse now has a legitimate chance for that to actually happen. In a time and a climate in the world where there are so many negative things happening, this movement, the Truth and Justice Army movement, has had an astounding effect on me and I believe that it's having a worldwide effect. The world is watching what we're doing and what they're seeing are ordinary people pitching together, contributing everything they have for a greater good. All of us together are making a positive impact in the world. Before we bring this season to its conclusion, I wanted to update you all on where we're at so far with the donations that we've began to raise for the Innocence Project of Texas. These donations will be used for DNA testing for Jesse and Ed and many others. Last week, I asked all of you to consider donating. I told you that I would match the first $1,000. Well, I'm proud to announce that we reached that first $1,000 within the first 24 hours. And as of today, when we're recording this, which is Thursday morning, it's been four days and we have already raised over $3,000 for the Innocence Project of Texas to use for DNA testing. I am so proud to be a part of this movement. I am so proud to be a part of a group of people that are so willing to sacrifice their time, their energy, their skills, and their money for a greater good. Thank you all for representing the Truth and Justice Army with your donations to the Innocence Project of Texas. If you haven't donated yet and you'd like to, I would love to see that number climb up over $10,000 by the time this week is over. And with so many people listening, I don't think that's an impossible task at all. If you haven't donated yet and you'd like to, please go to ipoftexas.org. Click the donate button. You can donate right there on their website. And be sure to put the hashtag Truth and Justice Army in the comments section. In these few remaining minutes of season three, I want to take this opportunity to make one thing crystal clear. Just because season three is ending on the podcast does not mean that this investigation is over. Not by a long shot. We still have credible leads that we're tracking down. We still have a team of boots on the ground in the Pleasant Grove area assisting with this investigation. And while I can't share a lot right now of exactly what's happening, what I can say is that as we start narrowing down on suspects, the people that I believe may have been involved in this murder are getting very clearly very nervous. And they should be. This is the point where in the last two seasons... 
Before we close things out, I gave you my theory on what I think happened. Well, this case has been a little bit different. The suspect pool is much larger because I don't believe that the person that killed Kiao Gove had any sort of a known relationship to her. And I don't believe that the person that killed Kiao Gove acted alone. I believe that there was a white car involved in Kiao's abduction and murder. I believe that Judy Gonzalez saw something and did perhaps witness the murder, but I believe she changed her story to protect someone. I believe that Jesse James Swindell also witnessed this murder, and possibly at 12 years old didn't exactly realize what he was seeing. But I do believe that the car was white, but maybe not a Camaro. There are a lot of questions left to be answered, but my best theory on the case is very close to what Sylvia told us two months ago. I believe Kia was killed by high school kids that were supposed to be in summer school that morning. I believe she may have witnessed something she wasn't supposed to or said something to the boys that they didn't like. I believe that these heartless kids murdered Kiao in cold blood, and I do believe that they were laughing when they got back into their car and sped away. I believe the suspects that we're looking for are anywhere between two to four people, and they have talked about this murder, and they have bragged about this murder. And there are many, many people in the Pleasant Grove area that know exactly what happened, and know exactly who did it. So those of you that were involved, consider yourself put on notice. We will find you. Truth and Justice is a production of NBI Studios. Executive producer is Mike Bussing. Shane Yoder is our sound engineer. All music for the show was created, composed, and scored by PutThemInASong.com. Please consider going to PutThemInASong.com and going to the downloads page and purchasing Shane Yoder's original song, Nobody Knows It But Me. Remember that all proceeds from that song will go directly to the Innocence Project of Texas. I also want to thank Tate Krupa for designing and creating our logo. Thank you to Chris Brinkley of SylviaConsultants.com for creating, managing, and maintaining our website. Thank you to our transcription team, Sarah Mueller, Britta Bliss, Stephanie McConnell, and Anna Dindorf. And also thank you to Desiree Dunn for printing off all the transcripts and mailing them out every week. Give a special thank you to Jill Gillis and Paul Day for all of your help with the investigation throughout this entire season. And as always, I want to thank every single one of you listening for all of your engagement and support. I can't even begin to describe how much your kindness has moved me. We will still have one more Friday follow-up for Season 3 that we'll be recording this week. So send your thoughts, theories, and ideas to theories at truthandjusticepod.com. You can make comments and ask questions on the Truth and Justice Podcast fan page. You can like our Facebook page or follow us on Twitter at TruthJusticePod. However you do it, stay engaged, stay in touch. But as for now, I'm signing off. I'm Bob Ruff, and this has been Truth and Justice.